Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Lessons by the Lake, the Oswego Private Wealth Show. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. And as always, we've got the star of our show, Mr. Bob Bedritus, the Managing Director of Oswego Private Wealth Management. He'll be joining us here momentarily for another wealth management-related discussion, because that's what we do here on the show. We take the same conversations, tips, strategies, and solutions that Bob is working with his clients on on a regular basis, and we're bringing them right to you here on this show. Now, if you caught our last episode, our third episode, you know that Bob and I took a deep dive into, into really family wealth as a whole. We started talking about this idea of the family constitution, this living, breathing document that families can utilize to kind of make sure everybody's on the same page when it comes to the goals and the values and really their aspirations of what a family wants to do with their wealth as a whole. But today we're getting into something a little more granular when it comes to family wealth, and it's, it's one of these avenues that I think most of us think that we're familiar with. But really, there's a lot of internal, external things at play here with this topic that we're going to be addressing today. And I'm excited to kind of unpack what Bob's experiences have been like in addressing this topic and really get into the heart of it with you guys today. What am I talking about? I'm talking about this idea of preparing heirs for their inheritance for that day that the inheritance comes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Bob out. Let's get today's conversation rocking and rolling. Bob, good to see you. How you doing today? Uh, hey, Ryan, great to be with you. No, it's great. Any Hey, anytime we get together, I always enjoy it, Bob. But today we're, we're diving into a topic that is universally well known. I mean, most people understand the idea of an inheritance being passed down to a future generation, but we're going to get granular with it today. So Bob, let's zoom out though for a hot second. Inheritances, they're a big deal. They can change somebody's life overnight, uh, you know, with, you know, just the pure process of inheriting significant assets. But you're a firm believer that inheritances can be a little bit of a double-edged sword in instances like these. Why do you believe that's the case? Well, it can be a double-edged sword because uh, on one side, as many people think about inheritance, there are all the positive aspects of an inheritance. Uh, you have more money, you have less stress, you can do uh, many, many more things with, with that money. And that's what most people focus on when they think about that they're going to get that windfall, if you will. And it's not necessarily a windfall, it's family money and it belongs uh, passing through the generations. Uh, but on the other side of the coin, there are, there are some negatives to receiving that money that are both internal and external, if you will. So internally, there could be a feeling like, I don't know that I deserve this money. I don't know that I'm ready for this money. Yet there's some could be some psychological baggage around that. I don't know what to do with that. I've really not had this kind of wealth throughout my life. And now that it's come on me, I'm feeling a, a great deal of responsibility and I'm feeling a great deal of stress uh, as counterintuitive as that might sound. Uh, externally, there can always be divisions among heirs. I mean, we read about these things in the paper all the time. And, and practically speaking, uh, people listening probably know families and know situations where the inheritance came and now the siblings no longer speak to each other because um, for what it, uh, and, and all, all of that. So uh, it, that's, that's why I refer to it as a, as a double-edged sword. 
Mm-hmm. Sure. So obviously it has its benefits. I mean, it can change somebody's life financially overnight, but there are those conflicts, those internal and external conflicts that you mentioned. Let's get a little granular with these, Bob. Walk us through the internal side of things and then those external side of things. I know you gave us a little high level overview there, but it, give us give us kind of the, the full picture of what you mean and the types of conversations that you're having with your clients about these internal and external conflicts that you want to avoid. Well, let, let, me, let me give examples of some clients of mine that I've seen both that have inherited and, and, and have passed on inheritances. And um, I've had situations with families uh, where I've seen um, they're very well prepared to just be positive on that. They're very well prepared. Uh, there was a plan in place, the, the values, the goals, the purpose of the, of the family's money. And their legacy was well communicated. And I've seen where they just went without a hitch. Um, of course, there's deep, deep grief and, and loss uh, involved in, in, that, in, in that environment. Um, but the money then just continues on generationally. And I'm confident with the client I'm thinking of that this money will go to the third and fourth generation based on the kind of thinking they do, the values, the goals, the process. Uh, um, that they go go through. Um, I've seen another situation that's kind of in the middle. Mm -hmm. And in the middle, um, the inheritance was significant. And there was preparation done. Uh, It was a brother sister, the brother's my client, the sister's not and um, uh, sisters on on the East, East Coast and the brother inherited the money. And I don't think I have a conversation with him where he doesn't feel the weight and the gravity of his hero, his dad, and what that inheritance means to him. And he uses a word that I applaud, that I love, which is stewardship. And he's constantly, continually talking about the stewardship of this money and what would dad have wanted done and I want to preserve this money to my kids and my grandkids and all positive, but there's a weight to that because there wasn't a, a, as much clarity as there could have been in the, in the planning phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've seen a, a situation, um, um, uh, two brothers and a sister, the sister, uh, took the money and ran, so to speak, in terms of any kind of planning. And I'm, uh, I have no idea what the future holds. I have no crystal ball, but it would not be unlikely that this money is pretty much dissipated over a decade or two, if not sooner. Uh, and then one brother had a lot of things he wanted to do in terms of being a consumer, you know, the car, second home, third home, you know, well, we have a house, let's get a house in the desert. Well, not just that, let's get a house in the mountains and, and and a lot of, uh, a lot of spending going on. And of course that's, it's doable, it's doable, but it really created a situation. um, Not sure it was hundred percent in line with what mom and dad had in mind when they were uh, passing, passing those, those, that inheritance on. And then uh, the other brother could not be more opposite. He literally just in gratitude pinches himself every day. And while the wealth is substantial, he agonizes over whether he can spend $40,000 on a new truck 
because uh, his truck's 30 years old and doesn't. And, and again, there's a burden and a weight to that uh, because he's just not comfortable with having that kind of wealth. So, so those are some of the internal conflicts that I see. And of course, the external are, are pretty self-evident where you have, have heirs um, disagreeing uh, upon what's fair, quote unquote, to their to their inheritance. So, yeah, Bob, those are those are some great examples to highlight. Obviously, both those internal and external. I mean, it, it just goes to show how big of of a moment of an issue this this process really is of of you know preparing heirs for their inheritance because you you mentioned the word stewardship. That's certainly something that you want to promote within heirs. So let me ask you this then, where do you start? Where to start this process of preparing heirs to help them deal with the day that, you know, that those assets are transferred and what that means for the, their life moving forward? Where do you begin? Well, that's a great question. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, in, in my opinion, I think the place to start is with, the, uh, with mom and dad or granddad and grandmom and to really sit down and talk about values, about money, about success, about purpose, and to clarify what they'd like to see happen with that money. And once they do that, and, and we've had that values-based conversation, I'd, li I'd like to bring in the children, the grandchildren, if appropriate, as early as possible, but not in, not in the very first meeting necessarily, and bring them in as early as possible for to educate them about, about what's going on. And in that meeting, if I do a reasonable job of facilitating it, and I try earnestly, sincerely to do a very, very good job of facilitating that uh, to the best of my ability, then we can clarify and assess, well, where are we as a family now? Because if there are conflicts and fissures and issues today, then we know they're just going to be magnified once the, there are zeros behind that dollar sign. And so we really want to talk those things too, but, but primarily we want to advance the values, the purpose, the goals of the, that money today. And there are ways we can address that now while everybody's healthy, happy, um, nobody's on life support, uh, nothing, nothing's happened. And so that's the starting point. And really driving at is, there are two aspects to this, Ryan. Uh, number one are the, um, as I often refer to as the X's and the O's, and that's the practical planning of inheritance. There are things that we've gleaned from the research that we've done and that we've helped underwrite, uh, understanding what the ultra, high net worth, the super rich do, those with 500 million or more. And there are aspects, legal aspects, trust aspects, donor advised funds. There are things that we have uh, at our disposal that we can uh, use that we know that the super rich do. So those are the technical aspects of the planning. And we say, if you can do it with 500 million, then certainly you don't have to have that kind of tremendous wealth to be able to utilize these things that are codified in our tax code that are that we are allowed to do that can save tremendous amount in in and help mitigate taxes and pass the money onto the heirs but as importantly and this is something you know i i always stress it's that human element it's that transferring values not just wealth to your heirs 
so we don't fall into the situation where there's, it's just the spendthrift dissipates it all very quickly, or the 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 nervous uh, heir feels it's more of a burden than a blessing to have this money and doesn't know what to do with it. So those are the those are the issues that we want to cover in those early meetings to really discuss that. And of course, um, as we have here at Oswego Private Wealth Management, as we run our virtual family office, uh, I am not a one-man band in this, in this process. I like to be the facilitator. I view myself as the family, uh, the family CFO, if you will. And then we need, and then we bring in the experts, whether it's uh, trust and inheritance and succession planning experts or tax mitigation experts. And then we bring in the team around there. So everybody has that. But our starting point is to talk about the values, the goals, the purpose. Oh, no, Bob, that's great. And, and, and it sounds to me like, I mean, you know, looking at those studies, showing what the ultra high net worth, those affluent individuals are doing, modeling those behaviors, bringing that to your practices. I mean, that's a big, uh, you know, a big slice of success for you and your clients and helping to prepare them for those days. Uh, so I appreciate you kind of carving out what it is that they're doing. And, and of course, how you can transfer that into those two you know, faceted approaches, the X's and O's, like you mentioned, and then of course, that human element, very important stuff when going through the process of preparing heirs for their inheritance. Bob, my next, my next question for you is, is when we're, we're talking about the day to begin, specifically the day, you know, to start fostering that level of financial intelligence among heirs. I mean, is it safe to say, you know, today is the day, the present is where you want to start right here and right now? Well, absolutely. I mean, think think of this analogy that you want to get strong. You want to get stronger, so you're going to start lifting weights, and and that's that's the goal. And of course, how do you start? You start small. You start small. You just take a little bit of time in the weight room. Not not that I'm a weightlifter. This could be for running or you know for any any sport, if you will. And you don't just show up. Uh, after thinking about it without discuss without without any action, and you don't just show up and say, "I think I'll bench 350 pounds today, my first try," uh, you build it up because there are decisions to be made, um, both large and small. And again, the earlier you start, the more you can you can make small decisions, and you can can help inculcate your values and your goals. Which something, by the way, you know you've been doing since your baby was born and through toddler and through adolescence and launching them into life you've been you've been sharing your family values all along and this is a way just to take it to the next level incrementally without having it to be a big massive onerous meeting of this is everything that matters to me let it out in small, smaller doses. And, and again, do it now, start small. Ultimately, we've accomplished a lot in that process. Sure, sure. And, and one thing that is, I think, worth mentioning here in today's discussion, Bob, is that, hey, we're, we're all different. We all have different viewpoints on money, how what it means to us, how we go about spending, saving. You know, we're all different individual people. That being said, you know, if we're starting these conversations today here in the present, having those those discussions, would you say that it, it, 
as a matriarch or patriarch who's getting ready and going through this process of preparing their heirs, would you say that basically you want to get a good idea of, of the current views on wealth that the child might have? And then that can then kind of inform you on the steps that you then need to educate the heir further. Would you, is that a fair synopsis? Oh, I absolutely agree with, agree with that synopsis. And I'll take it even just a little bit further is sometimes the matriarch and the patriarch uh, know intuitively what those goals, purpose, meaning of money is, but they've never really articulated it. And, you know, one, one fallacy I think that people have is uh, so oftentimes, and particularly those with, with significant wealth and many business owners, um, they never talk about money with the kids, ever. And they have this sense that the kids have no idea. Well, the kids have an idea. They may not, they don't, may not know exactly where the assets are, and they may not, not know the ultimate amount of money there is, but they understand that there's something behind the curtain. So they get, they get that. And so I think the starting point really is clarification for the matriarch and, and patriarch and to make sure that they're on the same page. You know, most of the time they absolutely are, but there could be differences of opinion. And then ultimately we see in categories, uh, if you will, not to oversimplify, in categories of where I see that where people set their goals and their values. I mean, one is that they want to pass on self-reliance. They want the ability to be able to have their children just be able to stand financially on their own two feet. Uh, it could be education. It could be the purpose of making sure, boy, I want to make sure each of my kids gets into the best school possible. Each of my grandkids gets in the best school possible that I, I, I value education as a significant thing. Uh, another thing would just be do life well, critical thinking skills, just, just have an ability to navigate the challenges that life are going to bring and so they want to they want a they want to have a part in making sure that those heirs have a good worldview a good life view and a, and an ability to be resilient and take on life's challenges uh one might just be financial prudence it might just be the thought that I want this to go to the third and fourth and fifth generations and I want to make sure that decisions made over growing this wealth over time and uh, philanthropy is a big, big issue for so many people that they want to take care of the causes, not just the people they care, they love, but the causes that they care about. And many of my clients really bring in a spiritual aspect to what they want to do. They want to, they want to pass on their faith. They want their, they want, to, they understand that that money and faith are not separate lanes on the freeway that they they intersect and they want and they want to have part of the faith legacy as well as the financial legacy be in alignment and be congruent yeah bob i mean all of these are you know very important facets of the goals and aspirations conversation i mean this isn't kind of a one and done conversation like you mentioned start now this is something that's bled out over time and with these discussions with you and your heirs um, you know, and, and obviously in having those conversations over times about all those different avenues you just mentioned, Bob, I would imagine regardless of the individual that you're work, you know, that you're discussing with, the, you know, their own viewpoints on how they view wealth, how they spend wealth, you know, there's such a, there's such a wide variety of conversation to be having there so much so that regardless of their viewpoints on wealth, 
you know, you're able to still appeal to them in one way or another. There's, there's a lot of value that can be had in that conversation. But Bob, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head, I, I want to be clear here for our audience today. You know, we're talking about these strategies that, you know, we've learned from the ultra high net worth, the affluent and, and what they do. Uh, but you don't necessarily need to be inheriting an enormous amount of money for these same types of educational efforts and discussions and strategies to be, be to be applicable in helping your children and grandchildren, right? Like these, this discussion today about preparing heirs, this is for everybody. Am I correct in saying that? Well, it is, it is for everybody. And I know I've talked about my dad a little bit, uh, immigrant from Latvia, uh, came here at, at a very, very young age to start a new life. And, uh, my father didn't have a significant amount of money, but it, but there was enough. There was some there, and of course, with my sisters, my both of my sisters, we we had to go through those issues too, and they're the same issues we're talking about now, and they were the desires of my dad's heart in terms of legacy and values, irrespective of how many zeros were behind behind that number, and it's something that earnestly my sisters and I wanted to fulfill and to honor him with. Um, and um, it's so yes, absolutely. It applies to to the ultra rich and it applies to those who have more modest means as well. Sure. So, so Bob, we've thrown a lot at our audience today and, and these conversations, maybe they can be a little daunting for some people, depending on the relationship they have with their heirs or maybe where they are along the line with these conversations with their heirs. So who then should families maybe turn to for help in getting this process rolling, making sure that they're, you know, discussing the right things when it comes through this, basically who, who can help a family go through this process of educating heirs? Well, this is the process that that I do. This is this is the process that that I do with our clients. And again, we begin with the discovery process where we're talking about these issues. Uh, in my in, again, once again, in my opinion, I believe that the first meeting should be with the matriarch patriarch. That's who should be involved as we're as we're beginning this. And we talk about things like living your values out loud because again, if the kids in a formal meeting to talk about the inheritance, it's the first time they find out, gee, dad, mom, I had no idea you cared about Habitat for Humanity or, or, so, or something else. It's, it's you live your values out loud. And if appropriate, we create a formal family value statement together if, if appropriate. That's, you know, it doesn't have to be formal and certainly not a legally binding document. And then I would say we want to involve the kids in select financial decisions. Again, uh, what do we, I was talking about a little bit earlier about you want to start small and allow the momentum of that to build up a little bit and involve the kids in select financial decisions and make sure that they have a, a baseline of financial education, if you will. So, you know, not a hundred, not the most critical thing in the world to know the difference between a mutual fund and a stock and a bond and those things, but they, it does come out and it is, it is, it, those are things that people should know is what financial assets are available and what they do. And that's an education that I'd love to do with the kids as well. And then um, perhaps if they're philanthropic, we create a family bank and then we together start get, we, the family together starts talking about giving now. Because again, if, if 
if you're inheriting the money and you're 50 years old or 60 years old and you've never been uh, allowed to go in that direction to think about charitable intent, isn't it a better idea in your 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s before you get there, 20s even better, teens even better, uh, where you're a part of a family process where you're getting together and you're talking about what you can do for your communities, your church, your synagogue, your faith, causes you care about, and you can begin to make a difference in those worlds as a family together, I think that's incalculably valuable and just such a wonderful way to do to do that but ultimately there just are steps that we can take and i'm happy to be the sherpa matter of fact i'm excited when i can be the sherpa with my clients to begin that process and then as necessary as issues come up we do need the legal team we do need an accounting team we might need a, a experts in life insurance perhaps or or uh, or bring in uh, bring in from uh, community foundations or charitable experts to have spend some time with the family and discuss what tools are available and what kinds of things can we do after values are established. Yeah, there there is just so much value to having these conversations, getting them started, you know, thoroughly vetting what those goals and values and aspirations for the future of the wealth and the family look like. I mean, Bob's laid it out for us here today beautifully. And and Bob, for those in our audience that, you know, maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team just to get a conversation rolling and discuss their own unique situation with you. How, what would you say is the best way they could get in touch with you and your team to maybe book an appointment or, or get that process rolling? Well, I'm making an assumption that everybody listening has the internet. Um, probably does because they're probably listening to us on the, <laughs> some, some type of internet device. Uh, best place to go is, I say this every, every time, uh, just go to our website, oswegoprivatewealth.com. And there's more information on everything we talked about. There's more information that talks about us, our goals, our, our our, not our goals, our values, our purpose, what, who we are as a as a wealth management firm. And in there, it's very easy to find a tab where you can connect to us, let us know you'd like to have a discussion and we can take it from there. Fantastic. Well, Bob, look, uh, you're a busy guy. I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us here on the show and to just explore this idea of preparing heirs for their inheritance. It's such a big moment for not just the the heir or multiple heirs, but for the family as a whole. And it's one that you can be prepared for. You just need to take those necessary steps. So I appreciate you carving some time out, being with us and kind of walking us through this process today. Yeah, thank you. It was great to be with you, Ryan. All right, Bob. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, and thank you guys, our audience, for jumping aboard and being on the show with us today. If you liked what you saw, maybe you took anything away from the conversation today, do us a favor, hit that like button, subscribe, share this information with friends, family, business owners, anybody really that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. You know, but today it was preparing heirs for their inheritance. Next episode, it'll be a different wealth management related topic, a topic that Bob is well versed in, that he's having you know, conversations surrounding with his clients at Oswego Private Wealth. We've got some great topics teed up for you in future episodes to come that we would hate to have you miss out on. So for Mr. Bob Adritus, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you one final time for joining us here on today's installment of Lessons by the Lake. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. 
The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.